Pompano Stadium, ordained according to the billboard on the parking lot as the spring home of the Texas Rangers, could be identified as one of those architectural curiosities that sometimes evoke sonnets and elegies from the disillusioned ranks of American journalism. Minor league baseball parks, the old ones at least, inspire wistful reminiscences and an elusive kind of longing that gnaws into unexplored regions of the male psyche. The core of the thing involves a little boy's relationship with his father that can never again be restored. The dad that we all knew and treasured before he decided to move in with his secretary. Somebody even produced a book about various selected baseball fields, most of them ancient and abandoned but still standing, and called it Green Cathedrals. My initial impression of Pompano Stadium as I opened the chain-link gate for my first day on the job in the big leagues was that there was nothing cathedral-like about the facility. It reminded me, if anything, of the yellow-belly drag strip in Grand Prairie, Texas. This Pompano Stadium, which was in fact a stadium in the sense that Ponca City, Oklahoma, is a city, obviously had a past, but had not aged gracefully. The grandstand consisted of two sets of bleachers, covered by a corrugated metal roof that extended along both foul lines only as far as first and third bases. The press box perched on the top row consisted of a peculiar white frame structure that looked like the sort of place the Japanese would put prisoners of war if they misbehaved. Atop the press box on this particular morning was the nation's future. Three kids from the high school across the street were up there passing around a joint. The palm trees behind the left-field fence were sort of bent over at mid-trunk, suffering from a mangy-looking plant fungus that coated them. Adjacent to this was a smaller practice diamond that the ball players called Iwo Jima. Of the perhaps 1,000 or so baseball fields like this one scattered throughout the land, Pompano Stadium absolutely had to stand out as the only one void of character and charm. Actually, the stadium pretty fairly represented the town of Pompano Beach itself, a community that served as the wrong side of the tracks for both Fort Lauderdale just to the south and Deerfield Beach in the other direction. Surveying the premises, I had to remind myself of what I was doing here. My job was to produce articles for the Fort Worth Star-Telegram and chronicle the spring training exploits of an American League baseball team, the Rangers. There had been a couple of reasons for accepting, with reluctance, this assignment, and those entailed first-rate travel accommodations to some of the finer urban venues of our land. I'd never been to Cleveland or Milwaukee, for instance. Also, I was to be fortified with a constant cash flow source from a generous expense account, and I was to receive baseball's off-season as an extended paid vacation. In return, the loan requirement was simply to file some reasonably accurate accounts of the activities of this peculiar baseball team. As I approached day one of spring training 1973, however, it became apparent that this task would not be so easy. I'd already missed the first workout, having spent most of the morning at the American Express office on Atlantic Avenue— getting due reimbursement for $1,300 worth of traveler's checks that had somehow disappeared the night before. I should note that, in those days, I was what is known in some quarters as a drinking man. Most of the players were already gone, along with most of my newspaper competition, so I headed down to the little lunchroom that was stuck at the end of the bleachers on the left-field side. Inside was Bob Short, the fascinating character who owned the Rangers. 
I was relieved to see Short in there, because I desperately needed some good quotes from a key source for my world premiere article as the baseball writer for the Star-Telegram.